0: Fantasy Managers, hello, good evening and welcome back for the final time this season for the 2020 and 2021 Premier League season to the final review edition of the FPL Addicts and Esports Live Fantasy Weekly videocast and podcast. It's been an incredible season, lots of ups and downs, lots of cancellation of matches and we hope that we never experience a season quite like it again. But with me to dissect it all are the usuals, but we'll start off with my right-hand man in the commentary box. We've got Ollie Walker-Peel, he's back for the final bumper podcast of the season. How are you doing, mate?
1: Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm really good. Thank you, mate. Um, obviously, you know, like we said, I've, I've missed a few podcasts as well, so it's nice to be on the M1. Um, you know, we all said last, se- uh, last week rather how emotional this one was going to be and obviously how we said the first week we were in lockdown and the last one, turns out we're also in lockdown, but, you know, it's nice to have made it through. Decent finish, I'm happy with. Um, would have potentially liked a little bit more, but still good to be on the pod anyway.
0: Yeah, well, you would be happy, you know, just sort of finishing a little bit below me, sort of just solidifies your level as an FPL manager, but we'll get more onto that later. We've got Statman Dave with us again today, who's uh, he's turned his FPL season around a lot since getting on the podcast. He's got all the information, all the inside scoop, and he's uh, he's here for the final day with us today. So how are you doing, mate?
2: Yeah, doing well, guys.
0: It's brilliant to have you back. And uh, we've got Matt from FPL Addicts, the guru, the man that's helped all of you out there this season so much. We know that you're all thanking him through the screen. So how are you doing, mate?
3: Yeah, good. Thanks, Elliot. Stressful and long season, but absolutely buzzing for the Euros in a couple of weeks as well. So yeah, can't complain.
0: Yeah, we're all getting ready for the Euros now, and Jack was just telling us before that the shirt that he is wearing now has waited all season for it to arrive—the Manchester United shirt for this season—and it's only just arrived, so it's going to be outdated pretty soon. But um, how are you doing, Jack?
4: Doing well, lads. Obviously, emotional. This is the emotional one. Last, last, last recording for the uh, Premier League se- for the fantasy Premier League season. Uh, our inaugural one. It's been a hell of an effort from you all and obviously appreciate all the work you guys have put into it and all all our community and fans that have supported the uh, the podcast and been a part of our community.
0: Yeah, it's been really, really brilliant this season for a lot of people around the world that haven't been able to find much joy in their normal lives. They've indulged themselves into the world of fantasy Premier League and it's made a lot of people a lot happier. So we'll start the podcast tonight, the final podcast, with a review of the Premier League season. And it was no surprise you know, halfway through the season, it didn't look like they were going to lose it from this position, Matt. It was Manchester City that came out as the champions. I know you've had your say on them a lot this season. They spent a lot of money to get to where they are and um, they were the champions, but what did you
3: sort of make of their season? Oh, yeah, they definitely deserved it. Um, you know, played some good football, um, some really good FPL assets in there as well, which we'll uh, touch on a bit later. Um, but yeah, they definitely deserved it and I don't think there was anyone that was really close to them. United would put some way off as well, so... Um, Yeah, definitely deserve champions, I think, this season. Yeah,
0: Jack, did you think at any point that maybe Manchester United were going to be on their heels and just catch them maybe towards the back end of the season? Of course I did. And we'll call
4: (laughs) call you an idiot for that, mate, I think. What what, what a nonsense question. (laughs) Listen, if you don't believe in it, it'll never happen, right? Um, I think there's obviously been some strange things happening this season. We've seen the results that have happened uh, throughout throughout this campaign, uh, been so up and down. You couldn't call them. So I think you know, City came from you know, I think it was like January, or December time when it got that West Brom draw, and they turned it around from there. And they came came from nowhere. Liverpool nowhere to be seen. United have found themselves in that in that mix at the top. You, you never knew what could happen, but you know, realistically, last couple of games, yeah, listen, no chance. But it was nice to be in the mix and uh, to finish runners up. Happy days.
0: Yeah, and do you think with a a couple of signings, maybe Prince Harry, Jaden, Sancho, that you can properly challenge for the title next season?
4: Hey, listen, both of them would be quite nice, wouldn't they? I know uh, Matt's urging Kane to sign for United. Uh, He's a secret man United (laughs) fan at heart. Um, I know he'd love to see him in there rather than anywhere else. Um, And then Sancho would be great. Uh, A bit of Raphael Varane, maybe, or another French defender. I'll be, you know, happy days.
0: Yeah, it would make a fine addition to the collection of a team that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is building there. I think one of my sh- shocks of the season, lads, I haven't compiled any, but Liverpool in third place was an absolutely monumental accomplishment Accomplishment from Jurgen Klopp. Oli. just how insane was that? You know, a couple of games to go, they had to win all of theirs to make the Champions League and they actually ended up finishing third, only five points behind Man United, who a lot of their fans tormented them all season as they like to go at each other. So them finishing third was quite special.
1: Well, I mean, you've got to put it into context, I suppose. From where they were, yes. From where they were, you know, in seventh and struggling to push forward or, you know, wherever they were at that point, needing results quickly and no one thought they'd make the top four. Yes, you could say it was a decent end to the season, but you put it into the season as a whole, it's been a poor season for Liverpool. Because they've been, you know, outside the top four for the majority of the end of the season. They. Barnstorming champion, uh, title winners last season, and you know, they won the league. Everyone expected them you know, to go back and do it again, and they fought much short of that. So, it really went to the season, but you just think that, that running about January when they lost well, five or six in a row at home, or, or something, whatever it was, something mental, and then lost at home for years has um, really just the tipped their season. So, yeah, it's been a disappointing one for me. It's good towards the end, but I feel like a lot of Liverpool fans should be disappointed.
0: Yeah, and I know you were delighted for their uh, their home record to be broken by none other than Ashley Barnes, mate. You're absolutely thrilled up celebrating that one, up in arms celebrating. So uh, you must have been very thrilled with that one. And to round off the top four, Chelsea managed to finish fourth despite their loss on the final day to Aston Villa, which means, Statman Dave, that Leicester City and Kelechi Iheanacho have finished fifth. Brendan Rodgers has choked it again, so they won't be playing Champions League football next season. But, um, you know, they had a lot of good FPL assets this season, Leicester. So are you sad to sort of see them finish outside
2: the top four? Um, yeah, probably. Um, they probably maybe deserve to be there and thereabouts, but um, probably the ones that I was, I was sort of hoping were going to sneak in were, were West Ham. I think they, they probably exceeded a lot of people's expectations this year and um, they were looking like they might have been in that hunt, but they've sort of just missed out as well. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was a real shame to see that West Ham and Leicester didn't manage to break into the top four. It would have been nice to see a little disruption to your typical top four. But Matt, if we look down there in seventh place, we've got Spurs there—the first ever team to qualify for the UEFA Conference League. Are you excited for the? Uh, is it Friday? Friday mornings over in Australia? Or in in Albania? Is that what it is?
3: Look, we've got to sort of is it, I'm at point now. Just take what we can get. I think for the season, and you know, it's not what we wanted. It's not not the comp. You want to be in but uh, I've just got to try and take something from the season being above Arsenal and having some sort of European competition you know in Albania to to look forward to and um, yeah we'll see how we go if we make the final I've already said I'll I'll fly out to you know wherever it is and go so um, yeah here we go you'll have to do a podcast podcast from Albania
4: Albania.
1: that would be some
4: podcast (laughs)
0: Uh, (laughs) would be a very very interesting one but we will hold you accountable for that Matt if you do manage to make the final we'll be sending you off to Albania and we'll be saying hello to to you
4: I'd I'd rather see Harry Kane stay at Spurs and the the guru go to Albania
2: (laughs) (laughs) we'll find some background of an Albanian stadium to stick behind your head it
0: would be very very funny but as you said you did manage to finish above Arsenal by the hair of on your chin just by one point. So um, that's always a win in Spurs fans' eyes. So you won't mind that one at all too much. Ollie, ninth place, we got Leeds. Very surprising team this season. I think a lot of people had high expectations for them coming up to the Premier League. Marcelo Bielsa, you know, he has a lot of big reputation behind him, plays very good football that we've seen this season. Uh, so ninth place for, for them this season. Do you think that's a fair sort of um, position for them to be finishing?
1: Yeah, I think that's a brilliant uh, season for Leeds. Obviously, they came up from the Championship. They absolutely lost the Championship. And there's a lot of those players that, that came up that are doing well for them. You know, you look at likes. So, I mean, it's headlined by Bamford, isn't it? Patrick Bamford, who scored a lot of their goals this season uh, for the Ellen Road side. But, yeah, I thought they would be fine this season. Pre-season, I sort of said sort to 13th, maybe. You know, they, they'd be fine. Lower low rungs in mid table, but to finish inside the top half as a newly promoted something that you rarely see. So, yeah, brilliant season for Leeds and I think they can kick on maybe next season, maybe more signings. We know what be able to like, absolute massive manager, so Leeds should be looking to kick on, but brilliant season for them this year.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely know what he'll be wanting in the transfer window. And we've heard a lot of murmurs about Everton's sort of transfer plans as well. They managed to finish 10th this season, which after, you know, they they won the league in November, lads, I thought, as well, didn't they? So it's quite quite surprising that they ended up not even finishing in a European spot. But um, yeah, Ancelotti just couldn't sort of drag the players over the line this season, Matt, could he? That just sort of tapered out Cav Lewin stopped scoring the goals and just sort of just tapered out to nothing, didn't it?
3: Yeah, it did. I think they've gone under the radar. You know, they bought quite a few players. They've got, you know, world class coach in charge and kinda of disappointed, I think, and um yeah, really, really uh, got away with that one, I think, in terms of with the press and stuff. When you look at what happened to Mourinho, you look at the you know, the stick Arteta gets and the stick Oli gets and um you know Ancelotti's kinda of just gone under the radar there with what's been a yeah, pretty poor, poor season for them in the end after, you know, that start they had. So
0: Yeah, Ben Godfrey, James Rodriguez, Decore and Alan, all massive sunnings that they made in the summer that people just sort of forget about because they haven't been performing too much, haven't been on the big stages that, you know, they really should have, you felt they should have been doing better than finishing outside the European places, especially for this year's competition. In 11th place, we had Aston Villa, which, you know, was sort of expected, Jack, you know, Jack Grealish sort of carries them over the line, doesn't he? And he sort of picked up an injury. So they they definitely didn't have the best end of their season. But they started off quite well, much like Everton, but they just sort of couldn't challenge for the European spaces. But, you know, everyone, a lot of people predicted for them to go down this season. So I'm sure they would be happy with 11th.
4: Oh, I think they'd be buzzing with it. And they were looking so good in that first kind of, what, third of the season, first half. Um, you know, the defence looked great. They weren't conceding many goals. Looked solid with Mings. Target likes to target the back. Um, and Martinez in goal, obviously, um, and then Grealish got injured and then they've kind of just had that steady kind of decline, didn't they? Otherwise, they could have been in a shout for that uh, conference league position. Um, the prize possession. <laughs> but, um, yeah, unfortunate for them, but they look, they look great and they obviously uh, brought a few signings into strength in the team after last year um, and, you know, what, what a gaffer he is, Dean, Dean Smith. Looking great in there.
0: Done a brilliant job this season and uh, in 12th place is my team, Newcastle, uh, just about toppling wolves there as you can see the same goal difference same point so we actually beat them on goals scored to go into 12th place this season which sort of marks off I don't know if it's a fair establishment of where we should have finished I think we should have been a little bit lower but you never complain about that so credit to all the lads all the managers there that helped us finish that way this season after a lot of games everyone sort of thought that was it Ollie knows more than anyone that you know we could have easily, easily been relegated, uh, could have taken that Fulham spot. So, um, were you quite surprised to see us finish 12th this season, Ollie?
1: Mate, I, I know I've sat with you through so many Newcastle games, too many Newcastle games. Um, I thought you lot were gone. I won't lie, I thought, I was always being optimistic, obviously saying to like trying to keep you positive, just saying, oh, you lot will be fine. You lot will sort it out. But, you know, I thought that you lot were down for some part of the season, but... Uh, up the mag, up the mag himself, Joe Willock, came in 7-7, seven and, seven and he revolutionised that Newcastle side, and it, it looks like you're going to miss out on him, it's going to be what, thirty-five, forty million, and then Arsenal want for him, I don't think Mike Ashley, well I mean he could stump it up, but I don't think he will, which is a massive loss for for, for Newcastle, Um, next yeah. season should be, you know, we're troubling without him, you've got to find a replacement for him, because obviously you, you look back, before his arrival, you know, you lost away at Bramall Lane, which... Not many sides lost there. I mean, only been on the final day, which was nice to see. But, you know, not many sides lost to Sheffield United. Obviously, United being another, but, so different topic for another day. Um, but you lot need to strengthen because it's another one of those where most seasons, now, even in the last few seasons under Rafa Benitez, it was like, you know, you're flirting with relegation, you stay up. Just about. It's another one of those. So you've just got to be careful.
0: Yeah, definitely. And as you talking about, Joe Willett there, the Premier League Player of the Month for the month of May, which I believe hasn't been done before. I was reading something. It's probably one of the first that has happened there. So he's a history maker and to do it in a Newcastle shirt is the first time since Tim Krull in 2013. So quite special from him. And then we go down to the bottom of the league, Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United. You know, it was pretty clear to see that they would be relegated pretty early on, Jack, wasn't it? With Sheffield United, they just weren't fit to fight another season in the Premier League.
4: No, they needed to spend a bit more money, didn't they? I mean, I thought the season that they had last year was unbelievable. Um, you know, Sheffield United looked great, but it all kind of went downhill for them, didn't they? And I think Fulham and West Ham, you know, Fulham gave it a good go. I think we all, think we all pretty much said Scotty Parker might be one of the first to go, but he's, he's kind of lasted. Um, didn't uh, maybe, you know, they spent obviously a fair whack in there as well, but. Just to look quite very inexperienced. G- gave it a bit of a go uh, in January, brought a few more signs and looked a bit more solid at the back, didn't they? Um, and you're on West Brom with the changeover to Sam Allardyce, not even Big Sam could save him. And you know how that goes, Elliot.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, mate. So they're, they're the three that are relegated from this season and replacing them, we've got Norwich, Watford and, the, and Brentford, who won the playoff final in the night. So, Ollie, Brentford, you've, we were speaking about them a little bit before. They're quite an exciting team. Ivan Tony obviously still has a lot of the headlines with all the goals that he's been scoring this season, but are they going to be a force to be reckoned with next season, do you think?
1: I think we'll stay up Brentford next season. I think, obviously, I've watched both, obviously, Brentford playing Rovers home and away. Um, Ivan Toni scored pens in both those games. I obviously watched them last night in the player final. Um, they dominated early on. Um, two goals in the opening 20 minutes against Onzi one from Tony and one from uh, Emiliano Marcondes, and game was pretty much done. And did. So, out of the current assets they've got there, out of the current players they've got, I think Tony's the only real one in the FPL potential pedigree. 33 goals, can't really look past that. I think he's £7 million or under. Go for him. And then, obviously, the players around that that are going to probably play, I think David Ryer in goal, former Rovers keeper, will probably hold his spot. The two centre-halves in, well, I think one of the two centre-halves in Ethan Pinnock, I think, will play. Um... You've got the likes of maybe Brian and Ibuomo might, uh, might be able to keep his spot. Um, I think both full-backs in Henry and Dalsgaard play. Um, and then Janel, who's a really good uh, German uh, centre-defensive midfielder. But outside of that, I think Brentford are going to have to spend a lot. I think they will spend a lot. So, their the championship side, a lot of those players might not even get a look. So, interesting to see who they bring in. because I think there will be a lot of uh, transfer dealings going to Brentford Community Stadium. So, it'll be interesting to see if any of those become FPR assets.
0: Yeah, the, the Lego Stadium, they call it, mate, taking a little bit of banter out of the, the design there, isn't it? They call it the Lego Stadium. So, um, yeah, on the topic of, of FPL, that was the, the season review. But we'll move on now. And the champion of our FPL league for this season was Tom Stones. Ollie, he's one of your mates, isn't he? So uh, has he always been like FPL crazy, FPL mad?
1: Well, I, I lost contact with him because obviously he's an Englishman, a Blackburn lad. Look at the photo there, absolutely photogenic as Tom Stones. But a black man I lost contact with him. I saw him at the top of the league. I'm like, mate, it's a shoe and he's like, Yeah So um I I I didn't know he was this good at FPL. I always I, I sort of knew that he played, but I didn't know he was this good. But he's had an incredible season, runaway leader at the top of the league and deserved to win it.
0: Yeah, definitely, he was uh, away with it quite early on in the season, wasn't he, Matt? He sort of there wasn't much challenge in him. We sort of said for the past five or six game weeks that you know we could sort of give him the trophy now, couldn't we?
3: Yeah, he had a phenomenal season, and you know he was getting his captain spot on his transfer spot on. He had you know big scores most weeks, so yeah, well done, Tom Stones. Really, really good uh, performance in, in you know on our first uh, debut season of the FPL addicts and esports live league. So congratulations. Yeah, we'll
0: go down in the history books. Get his name on the trophy. We'll engrave it for you, and we'll uh, we'll send it off. And then in ten years' time, all our names will hopefully be on there. The guru will especially be hoping that he makes it on there. But Jack, we look at that there overall rank: top five thousand three hundred and seventy-seven in the world. That is absolutely insane.
4: Absolutely mind-blowing. I think I'm about half a million behind him in there. So it's uh, just puts into context how high up he is. Uh, he's definitely one of the highest achievers I've. I've, I know in terms of who we spoke to and who we've communicated with in our community. So it's outstanding to have someone so highly ranked in our competition and shows how strong that community can be and how, how tough our league actually is. Um, the points are outrageous. And, you know, it, the second place was not, not even really that you know not even really that close. It was 100 points, I think, difference or something like that. So it's... Um, you know, an outrageous effort from him, and he just—he smashed it. Like like I said early on, he, he he was smashing so many high points. His holes were massive. So, well done, Tom Stones, and congratulations for being on the uh, yeah inaugural winner. Like you said, and we'll get that trophy sent over to him. That'll be it. hopefully we can get him on. It'd be good to see him in the in the Euros, and obviously definitely back next year to uh, to bounce back and imagine going back-to-back seasons winning the winning the mini league. So that's a good challenge for him.
0: Yeah, definitely. We'd love to get you on at some point and have a chat to you, mate. Maybe you can give us some uh, some good, good insights for next season and <laughs> everything like that. Help us have a little bit of a boost because representing the podcast, the first person out of us next in the league was Matt Day, the guru, who managed to finish inside the top 10 by the hair on his chin as we said before he just about made it finishing 10th so uh, you know he'll be he'll be delighted with that himself you can see there he's got a little grin on there so were you happy to finish inside that top 10 Matt you sort of <laughs> said earlier on in the season that you'd take that
3: yeah look I scraped in there on the last day um, you know by a couple of points I think I just got in front of you Elliot obviously you had a you know, pretty consistent season um, so yeah I'll take the top 10 it's been tough you know the dark days of being in the you know, 65th, 66th type of positions around November, December time. And, um, you know, it was looking quite gloomy, but um, yeah, finished the, uh, the season strong in the second half. And, you know, the standard of this league's high. um, So to finish in that top 10, I'll, I'll take that this year after, you know, a slow start. So, um, yeah, happy with that.
0: Yeah, and as you mentioned just before there, you did just about manage to beat me. As you said, consistent was probably the word that I would use to describe my season. I managed to finish two points behind you and finish 11th in this competitive mini-league. We really can't emphasise enough just how tight it is inside this league. So, uh, Kasper Michael. Is now my least liked player on the planet for getting me that minus two on the last day. So uh, he is the reason that my season all fell apart. But that's my fault for putting my faith in him. But um, no, I was happy with eleventh. Well, remember the days where I was actually top of the league at one point, lads. So they were uh, simpler, <laughs> easier times. So um, that definitely all <coughs> fell apart for me quite quickly. But um, you know, the win that I always take in FPL, and I always have since I've started playing it, is as long as I finish above Ollie, who finished thirteenth. It's a win in my eyes. Five points above him. That's all honestly, that's all I really care about in, in, <laughs> in the League. So that's that's all that matters to me. So uh Ollie, that's the second year in a row now, mate, that you finished below me. So how does it feel to uh, to lose again?
1: Well, a fair play, obviously the the, the the better man won, so that's fair play. I think it's gonna be like the Arsenal Tottenham dynamics, I to bring Tottenham into this, but this is the spot, you know, the close I can sort of think. Arsenal finished little Tottenham for so so long. And then Tottenham got that one season when they finished above Arsenal and they still sold it back a little bit now. I think the day my St. Day comes will be brilliant. I can't wait for it, but it's that, it's that close, isn't it? It's so close. Every single season, you've picked me again. Like, look at it team day. I did everything I could just to try and uh, try and get there. Back into the top 10. Couldn't quite do it, but, you know, it's been a good season nonetheless. I'll take it. I was hoping to finish top 10. Just for all sure of that, but top 20, I'll take 10%, 100%
0: yeah and as you say that was a a brilliant score for the last last game week. so you would have been hoping that you would have broken to the top ten with that. you would have had all your hopes crushed, which um you know is heartbreaking <laughs> for you but um you know we'll just we'll just move on because it's not really that important, is it not finishing inside the top ten so we'll move on to jack really. who uh, who didn't again, you know if we if we look back to the start of the season, we'll flash back to his FPL suicide is his famous FPL suicide and what week was it, jack was it week, was it week five or something? No, oh, we first, first week. week. Was it first week? <laughs> was it second week? Right. So the F- ra-
4: after the first round, picked my squad and realised half oh, <laughs> players weren't even turning up this year. Like a Bamiang's and them kind of ones. And yeah, I had, an, I had an overhaul. wasn't happy.
0: His FPL suicide has led him to finish, you know, 37th in the mini league isn't awful, you know, by your standards. You said, didn't you say top 50 you'd have been happy with?
4: I think, yeah, I, Obviously, it kind of changed along along the uh, along the period as I was, I was progressing. Um, I think initially, top fifty was uh, a good one for me. Like I said, I've never done a full season to be fair. Um, so this is the first time I've done a full season. So it was nice finishing that top forty. I guess we can call it now. Um, so happy days with that. I think I was borderline top thirty for a good while, and even had a chance at top twenty, but just fell off the wagon. Uh, didn't get
0: luck, didn't go my way. But um, yeah, happy happy with the finish. I guess overall. Yeah, well you can always take solace in the fact that you beat Statman Dave, who managed to finish 49th in our mini league. So he he will be happy oh, that you finished inside the top yeah. 50. So he should be very you should be very happy with yourself there, Statman Dave. Are you are you sort of pleased with that as as one of your first seasons in FPL, 49th in the mini league?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think like I, I probably the last couple of rounds I struggled and I could have finished higher. Um, i only I think the last two weeks were the only two consecutive red arrows that I had for the season. Um, so I'm pretty happy with that. Um, unfortunately, I had about five players out in the last round. So I think uh, Greenwood, Fernandez, Pereira and Lorente all got rested. Um, so, but I think as far as the whole season goes, like I started in week two. So I was already a week week down on everyone to start with. So I was all started on the back foot. Um, and then I was kind of hoping early in the season to finish top half. And then I started sort of exceeding that expectation, I suppose. And then um went for sort of top 50 and then it looked there was one stage i was looking like i was gonna i think i was in i'd made the top 50 with about 10 weeks to go uh and i was kind of hoping that maybe top 40 but i just sort of didn't finish that strongly so ended up just scraping in in 49. um but yeah february and march had a pretty pretty good couple of months um there so i think i was ranked like 15th in the league for february which i was pretty happy about um but, yeah, not, not not the most consistent sort of finish for the season. Um, but, yeah, for the first season, I can't complain, really. Yeah,
0: definitely for your breakout season, 49th in the mini leagues, better than most people would do. So you can definitely take some form of solace in that. And um, we, we did mention it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that it was going to be a photo finish between Matty and James Gasden. And I know James would be absolutely thrilled that we're talking about this here. But, you know, it was it was a very close, close matchup between them, wasn't it, Matt? And, um, you know, Matt, just the better of the Gasdens in the end, wasn't he?
3: Yeah, there's obviously a bit of banter between the two and then I sort of fly in there and, you know, have to crown one of them the Gazden Guru for the season, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, it's ended up being Matt Gazdan, so congrats. Um, I've got to say that I do feel for James, he did miss the deadline on the last cool. day of the season and that was, uh, yeah, it was gut-wrenching, he was up, I think he uh, had a few too many whiskeys and, uh, <laughs> you know, he'd missed the deadline and, um, yeah, so that's set him back a bit, but, you know. This FPL, he's lost and he's got to move on to the euros he's in he's in the paid mini league you know and he's ready to to turn it around and uh, and beat matt now but um yeah congrats to uh to matt gazden he he takes it for this season
0: yeah and if he's lost his dignity, he can definitely try and win some of that back in uh the economic benefit of the uh the paid mini league for the euro fantasy, so we'll be hoping to see him claw a little bit of his uh of his earnings back in there but Ollie you know one of our mates Max Watson he'll be thrilled that we're talking about him here it was sort of it's his second year of doing Fantasy Premier League and he was telling us at the start of the season that he was going to do well and you know he's, he's managed to finish 27th in, in the league which is actually you know I'm quite proud of him for that because he I didn't expect for him to stick with it lads to be honest I thought he was going to give up halfway through and just sort of start doing the FPL suicide so it was quite a, a decent finish from him wasn't it in 27th Ollie?
1: I mean, yeah, it was. Obviously, we talk about it a lot. It's all they ever talks about as is Max. Like Chris Rooney, like, as soon as you go go to like on a party, PS4 party with him, he'll mention Pielo straight away. And it, it's nice to see it. It puts a smile on my face. I like Pielo, but, you know, he's done really well as Max. Because, you know, knowing him, he was, you know, making some preposterous calls for his season, saying, oh, is Joe Bryan going to do anything or anything like that? But he's, <laughs> he's ignored that. He's... um. He's done well. He's done really well. So fair play to uh, to Maxi Bon as we call him. He's he's not done too bad.
0: Yeah, definitely was nice to see him. As you said, all he ever likes to talk about is fantasy Premier League. You're not you're not wrong there. So um yeah. the hats off to you, Max, and uh, we'll be seeing you next season, mate, definitely and maybe, you know, inside the top twenty next season or something like that. But um, you know, you can stop leeching off me and Ollie for advice now. So you can sort of you're on your own now, so you can just watch this and that's it. And uh, we're not giving you any more helpers now, no more Uh, No more holding hands. It's it's all on you now. So I'm sure he won't won't argue with that one either. Agreed. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And um, one of our other guests, Joe Cadella, Jack, you know, a lot of the guests that came on were acquaintances of you. So uh, he managed to finish inside the top 38. He finished 38th this season, which in quite a competitive league isn't bad for a man like him. So were you quite happy with, was he quite happy with the way that he finished this season?
4: I don't think he'd be happy losing, uh, especially because I finished one point above him. Yeah, it's brutal. So I'm due to, uh, after this lockdown, i due for a haircut, so we'll be catching up and I'll give him a bit of banter anyway uh, about his finish. He'll say that he lost interest, but, you know, he took his eye off the ball, didn't he? And uh, finished above him there, so un- unfortunate for, uh, for Joe.
0: Yeah, you just have to give him a little bit of a, a nudge about that and rub it in his cool. face just a little bit. Just the way that it's meant to be, you know. We play for play for pride and play for dignity in this mini league, and um, it can be strapped away from you as we've seen with a lot of FPL managers this season. One of our one of our very own, Chris Reed, managed to finish seventieth, which for a man that talks a lot about FPL, as we've said, seventieth <laughs> jacket. Is he happy with that or not really?
4: Um, Chris will not be happy with that. Um... He he talks a hell of a lot about FPL. Loves his football, but he's not uh, he's not done the business in the in the league. He has definitely got more into it, which is good though. Um, he I think he was around the hundreds for a long time. He's he's a bit of a he's a bit transfer happy is Chris is um, really. So he loves a transfer. He can't resist it. I think he was making an average three or four weeks. So I think that's what's kind of done in there. He, he might he might even make an appearance on the pod later on uh, this uh, today as well. So we'll see if he, we've still got time for him at the end we'll have to leave about 20 minutes for him to talk
0: though <laughs> just for him to talk about liverpool i think you know if he can yeah, if, that's he's, it. if he's if he's stop celebrating that he'll definitely be very very happy with that and then finally in terms of our guests andrew banting jack managed to finish 126 which is quite shocking from from someone that we had on as the to, you know give people advice and have them <laughs> on as a guest to finish 126 is that, is not the best is it
4: yeah, Andy was absolutely horrendous second half of the season. He'll blame it on not having enough time and stuff like that. But I know he was very much into it, and his brother's really into it as well. Who lives in America and gives him a lot of banner about it. So I'd be, uh, I think he just switched off his phone and deleted the app to be honest, because he just had an absolute horrendous back end of the season, dropped in our um, Blackpool mini league as well. So. Yeah, I'm not too sure what's going on with him. He needs to uh, sort himself out. Uh, but it was good to have him on. I, I think he might also use the, uh, the curse of the podcast as one as well. Because he seems like a few people have dropped away after being on the pod.
0: <laughs> well, some people just can't keep up with it. But we thank every single one of you, no matter where you finished in the Mini League, for being a part of it this season. And we definitely hope to see you next season. And hope to see you in the Mini Leagues for the Euros. And for the final time this season, that wraps up the Mini League Review. And on the topic of very last times for this season, he's got a little smile on now and it's actually quite emotional. We've got Matt Day, the Guru's very last Guru section. So uh, for the last time this season, Matt, take it away.
3: Yeah, thanks, Elliot. And look, thanks, Ollie, as well. for uh, you know, You've been the host for a few episodes this season. So you know, I want to say thanks to, to both of you. And but um, we'll kick on with our final Guru section, starting off with the three differentials. Very, very tough one to pick. Um, But I'm going to go with uh, Jack Harrison as my number one pick. Um, 160 points he's ended up on. I believe for most of the season, he was under 10% owned. Um, So huge differential um, and definitely uh, one of the best. A second one, which Statman Day will love, is uh, Matthias Pereira. He ended up on 153 points. He's another one who was on 10% ownership or less for pretty much the whole season as well. Um, And then a third one. It's going to be Lewis Dunk. I really think he went under the radar this season Uh, from Brighton. He got a few goals. He was getting bonus. He was getting clean sheets, 130 points, um, you know, budget player as well. And again, he was below 10% ownership for the majority of the season as well. So they wrap up my top three differentials for the season.
0: Yeah, and Mateus Pereira, uh, Matt, he was a very, very hot prodigy for this season. Do you think he'll sort of get snapped up by a bigger team and fight to see another season in the Premier League?
3: Yeah, I think he's got to get signed up by someone else. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing him at Spurs, to be honest. Um, you know, he's a playmaker. We need that type of player. Um, I think he's top quality. Um, but yeah, he'll, he'll be somewhere if it's not us, You know, maybe in Everton, West Ham, someone like that. I think he's, um, you know, he's destined to be back in the Premier League.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you've had your best three differentials. We'll move on now to your best three players to have owned. And uh, who have you gone with?
3: Well, look, James Gasden, sorry if you're watching, but it's going to have to be uh, Martinez, uh, I think, this season. Um, You know, if you had him in your team, you'd be laughing. He started off at four and a half million from game week one, uh, ended up the highest point-scoring goalkeeper, just the amount of save points, bonus points. You know, he was unbelievable. So, you know, definitely uh, number one for me in terms of the best three players to have owned for the season. And then the second one, it's going to be uh, Stuart Dallas from Leeds. Again, four and a half million from game week one. Spent most of the season in midfield. You know, was at right back. He was sometimes in attack midfield. He was on the wing. He was absolutely everywhere and, you know, phenomenal. Um, you know, huge amount of points in the end and he just kept grabbing goals. Um, and then my third one, it's going to be another Leeds player. I didn't actually own him too much. I think I only owned him for, for a couple of game weeks myself, but I know he was pretty high owned by. You know, most of you and a lot of people in our mini league, and it's going to be Bamford, five and a half million from game week one. Um, you know, and then his, his price skyrocketed, and I don't think anyone had expected him to score as many goals as he did. So, you know, that, that definitely, uh, you know, I think they're, they're all deserving of, of the best three players to have owned this season.
0: Yeah, definitely can't argue with too many there. On the topic of Patrick Bamford, I remember me and Ollie we were getting asked a lot in the pre-season if, uh, if Bamford was going to be worth it for a lot of people. And we both have egg on our face because we both told them that Bamford has tried it in the Premier League before, he wouldn't make it again. And, um, you know, we were definitely, definitely wrong there. He surprised a lot of people. And as you said, he spent a lot of time in my team this season. So I'm very, very grateful for him doing that. On towards your captain picks for the last of the season now. So who, who are the best captains to have this
3: season? Yeah, look, it's going to be the uh, the three usuals, the three obvious ones, definitely Harry Kane. I think, you know, for me, I'd, I've put him up there as, as the best. I know he wasn't the highest goal scorer, uh, sorry, his top scorer wasn't the highest point scorer for FPL. Um, but there was just some weeks where, you know, he hit 19 points, he'd hit another 19, he hit 21 points in one of the game weeks. And, you know, he had some massive weeks and goals and assists. And, you know, he was so consistent. So he's definitely, uh, you know, the top captain pick for me this year. Um, number two... It's going to be Jack's man. Bruno Fernandes has to be in there. Um, it was a bit disappointing, I think, in terms of his goals from open play. But, you know, when you needed a pen, he was always there grabbing pens. He, he got, you know, a few assists in there as well. And, you know, there was that period in the first half of the season where every week he was just, you know, getting points. So you know, it definitely has to be in there. And then a the third one, uh, Salah. Again, he just does it again every season. He's always in the, the top scoring players. Um, he had a bit of a dip in in the second half of the season, but you know, in terms of a captain choice, he was he was pretty consistent uh, throughout the whole season. So um, definitely, uh, definitely deserves to be in that top three.
0: Yeah, I don't think I could have picked three better captains myself for this season, mate. So I'm definitely in full agreement with you there. And then as your curveball captain, I've just seen who it is, and it's put the biggest smile on my face. So uh, would you like to reveal who you've gone with?
3: Yeah, it's got to be Dallas from Leeds. Um, you know, starting off as a defender. Um, you know, and the price point that he was at Leeds, you know, brilliant season, really attacking football, and he had a great season. And I think as a curveball, um, you know, you can't look past a goal-scoring defender and a consistent goal-scoring defender. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely deserves that curveball shout. You know, whether or not he's going to stay as a defender next season will be an interesting one. Um, you know, I'm wondering if if FPL was going to move him to a midfielder. Um, and I definitely think we'll see his price go to that, you know, five and a half to six mil. Um, Price range as well, he definitely won't be staying at four and a half million next season.
0: No, definitely not. And I think you're right. I think they will change him to a midfielder next season. I think to have him in defence again would be a little bit of a cheat code. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, we've enjoyed it whilst we can. And, uh, you know, Stuart Dallas will be a midfielder next season. And, you know, definitely, as you said, won't be priced around 4.5 million. But um, we thank you very much, Matt, this season for every single week getting up here and sharing all the information to help everyone try and beat you in the mini league. So, uh, you know, you've always given us your honest thoughts, despite what you might have been doing. So, uh, Matt, Massive thank you to the guru. I know you've helped a lot of us out, so uh, thank you very much, mate. Uh, thanks, everyone, and look. So we will move on now from the guru section and we'll go into our sort of, it's sort of like an FPL awards type thing is what I'm going to call it, lads. It's like an award show. So we've got, we're going to discuss our favourite player we owned, our biggest FPL regret, our best FPL moment and our best score, and then our surprise player of the season. So we'll start with the favourite player we've owned. And uh, Matt, I'm going to go straight to you because I'm pretty certain I'd put all my life savings on it being your man, Harry Kane.
3: No, it's not actually, Elliot. No. Um, It was a tough one. It was going to be, could have been Kane, I think just because of his price point, he was kind of an obvious pick. So, um, you know, could have been James Justin, but then he got the injury. So I'm going to go with Gundogan. I just think the the form he had in that spell for a couple of of months was just phenomenal. The price point um, and just owning him when he was just scoring for fun and and not too many people had him. So uh, at that point, so um, yeah, definitely Gundogan. I thought he was brilliant to own for, for those few months.
0: Yeah, definitely. That just highlights why I'm not a betting man because I would have lost all my money there. But um, <laughs> Ollie, Ollie what, what sort of uh, what sort of player has anyone else gone with Harry Kane? Have you gone with Harry Kane?
1: Well, I like long term. Obviously, that Harry Kane's a really boring shout, but I want a little bit of an outside shout to Rob Holden and Pablo Mari. Back <laughs> over, back over Christmas time. Honestly, when they have the double, I think they're we know. West Brom or something, and Pablo Mari was getting bonus points left right, and centre. Rob Holding was getting clean sheet points, and um, even they're probably not my most my, my favourites over the season. But for that time period, about two or three game weeks where they were both playing, it was unbelievable. Um, so they'd probably be up there, I'd say. But if we're going whole season, probably it probably is Harry Kane. Uh, but I'll shout out to those two Arsenal defenders because they were unreal to one like fight, two or three weeks.
0: It's not often that Arsenal defenders get much of the limelight, so I'm sure they'll take a lot of uh, lot of joy that Oli Walker-Peels said they were their favourite FPL asset for this season. And um, we'll move on to you now, Statman Dave. Who was your favourite player that you owned in FPL this
2: season? Mine's a little bit of a curveball. So mine's actually Jesse Lingard. So I, as soon as I heard that he was going out online, I, I went straight away and picked him up. And his first 10 weeks um, was just epic. Like, he was probably the best player in the game for that 10 weeks and probably also coincided with the best part of my season as well. So, and I think he was he was a big part of that. Yeah, definitely. A lot of
0: managers were, you know, surprised by Jesse Lingard and a lot of them were happy to have him in their team. And uh, Jack, we'll, we'll finish off with you there because mine is, is Harry Kane. Uh, as well, same as Oli. So uh, I'm pretty sure I've got a, a decent idea of who you would have picked as your favourite player to own this season. Jack, does he, uh, does he like a penalty or two?
4: He loves a penalty, mate. <laughs> you know it, yeah. Bruno Fernandes, like absolutely unreal, best player on the game overall for the season, most points. Um, he was been absolutely epic and ever present. Um, I only took him out in the last two games, just purely because obviously it was uh, just that time of the season. Um, they weren't playing, and obviously then they were resting. So, um, I think, yeah, Bruno, Bruno was the one, mate.
0: Yeah, he definitely helped a lot of FPL managers this season, sort of made it easy for them just to have the captain's armband on him every week for a lot of them and he would give you 20-odd points or whatever. So, uh, he's definitely had an absolutely ridiculous season, uh, so Hats off to Bruno Fernandes and uh, may the penalties continue for next season, because I'm sure a lot of fantasy managers will be keeping him in their team. So they were all our favourite players that we've owned. On a bit more of a negative note now, we're going to go with our biggest regret of the season. And Jack, we'll, we'll go to you straight away. Is it going to have anything to do with an FPL suicide?
4: Listen, I think that, that is the top of my list, but I was trying to think maybe, you know, um, th- I think obviously just making the right as an overall thing, the captain choices, um, or the, does that outweigh the, the suicide? I don't think it. I don't think it does because obviously <laughs> wasting blowing twenty four at the start of the season wasn't the best idea. But I also then put that down to what position I'm in now in terms of if I didn't make those transfers and get the points out thereafter, then um, you know maybe it was a good decision to do that suicide. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence with that
0: yeah you definitely learned that you'll never do it again because of how much torment we gave you on the podcast the following <laughs> week so uh yeah, we definitely won't be any seeing any more fpl suicides in the in the near future we hope we'll move on to you now matt for your uh your biggest regret of the season and a top 10 finish there can't be too many regrets from you but do you have one in mind
3: yeah it's definitely been probably not too decisive on my captains you know first half of the season i picked quite a few poor captains and um you know, it's probably cost me a higher overall finish and in particular as well, even towards the end when Bale, you know, I was talking about him on the on the podcast, player of the week, you gotta get him in and you know, he hit that hat trick against Sheffield United, and I just didn't didn't do it. Didn't put him in, didn't captain him that week, and that would have um, you know, given me an even higher position. So probably say, you know, those captain choices overall.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Statman, in your first season doing fantasy Premier League, you've definitely learnt a lot about the game, but what did you feel was your biggest regret?
2: There was a couple i was tossing up between one of them was uh putting solar out into the wilderness even though my team was called case the last, of last. So, um, but in the end i went with my poor uh use of my bench boost so it was my first ship that i played and uh in game week 13 and they only contribute it only contributed five points um so it was the week that matt ryan got dumped um and then uh i had mares uh, fell victim to pep roulette so in the end i only yeah bit of a waste of a chip there and the the timing of me using it. Um, But yeah, they're probably the the two probably that I thought of.
0: Yeah, you definitely live and you learn in the game of FPL. So uh, we'll be having to see how your bench boost goes for next season. And then to round it off, Oli, what was your biggest regret of the season? You've got to have quite a few finishing below me. You know, it can't be that nice. So, you know, out of the multitude of, of disappointments from you this season, what was your main one?
1: There's tons, but I wanna take it back to, uh, to to one game. Um, Hawthorne's West Brom, Manchester City, and I picked Ruben Chata Ruben Diaz in over Charles Cancelo. Um I had a couple I won one like this last season, but it was a 50-50 pick. It was between Ray Gray and Ryan Fraser. Domari Gray got one point. Ryan Fraser had about eighteen. I think I remember it while I was back at Bournemouth. It was a similar one. I don't I don't even know if Ruben Diaz played and Shark Cancelo got a goal. Bonus, clean sheet, and even just like 20 points um, would have, would have helped me out a lot. And then I think another one would be my captain choice in, you might know have to help me out here, Matt. Um, when you played Southampton, I don't know, game week. maybe game week four rings a bell. Oh, uh, Southampton. Uh, it was
0: the second I'd one, captain, wasn't it? Harry Kane and Son
1: so so ran an absolute I'd
0: riot that day.
1: Just not captaining human and Son was another one because that would have been amazing to start the season.
0: Yeah, maybe you would have finished on top of me if you'd gone with him there. So we can uh, thank your poor decision making there. But for me personally, it was uh, it was not trusting Gunduan to do the goods and keep. Keep delivering week in, week out. I just was a bit too stubborn in my own ways and didn't want to get him in because I knew that the week that I got him in, he wouldn't stop, would would stop performing. And um, ironically, after all the hype had died down, got him in and he got benched that week. So that's a, a big lesson for me and I definitely won't make that mistake again. So if the guru's telling you to get a player in, the uh, the lesson there is usually he's, uh, he's pretty spot on and you've got to go with his man Gundogan, I think. So, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people's moments of the season would have been around for having Gunduan in their team for sure. But Jack, it's been a, a crazy, crazy season. Lot of lots of ups and downs. But you know, your your moment of the season. What what would you say?
4: Moment of the season. Um, I'm not too sure. Well, I'm interested to see what the rest of the lads are, have got first, and I, that might be able to help me make my decision. <laughs>
0: all right i'll share mine with you then for me it was definitely stuart dallas in game week i'm not sure what game week it was off the top of my head but it was against man city away with his two goals and his 17 pointer had him first on my bench and i can't remember who it was that didn't play but he got subbed on and that was that was the, the best moment for me in fantasy premier league this season definitely and you know stuart dallas he's a cult hero for premier league fantasy premier league this season so a lot of managers will be thanking him but what about you ollie what was your uh, your moment of the season
1: I know I've just mentioned it off the back on my biggest regret was not captaining Youngman's son, but just watching that game between Southampton and Tottenham was, was one of mine. It's, it's up there with Dallas against Manchester City for sure, but obviously I had Dallas on my bench that week and I wasn't sure if he was getting on, so that was, you know, sort of nervousness alongside happiness. But definitely watching Harry Kane and Youngman's son tear Southampton apart. But I've never seen anything like that where a couple of matches have just absolutely run riot. And obviously i this boy, i captain, captain one of them, but at the end of the day, when when you see two players like that just tear apart defence and get all those contributions. You just sit back and just think, wow. So, that was really up there for me for the best moment of the season.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, Matt, what was your your best moment of the season?
3: Yeah, look, best one is tough. Obviously, there was, there was the Stones one in, in that double game week. But, you know, that was a pretty phenomenal moment. But it doesn't get my number one. My number one is Son. When Mourinho said he was injured, he wasn't going to play, he wasn't in the squad. You know, it was game week four, I think, around that time and we we're playing Man United away and you know, he was ruled out and I said, I'm gonna keep him, I'm gonna keep him, you know, don't trust Mourinho and then he, you know, come out, win the game six one and he gets eighteen points. So um yeah, that's that's gotta be the best one for me, just sticking with him and then you know, he comes out and gets gets a big score.
0: Yeah, and I know how much Jack loved that game as well. So <laughs> he would have it would have been one of his moments of the season. But have you managed to uh manage to think of one, Jack?
4: Yeah, listen it's in terms of obviously the score against United, not ideal, but in terms of the haul that Kate and Son brought in that week, it was uh, yeah, it was quite a good one. It. <laughs> <laughs>
0: if you're gonna if you're gonna lose, then you know yeah, you want on an and Son, to decide, right?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: it wasn't all bad for you that day, but we'll round it off with Statman Dave. What was your moment of your your debut season in fancy Premier League? Yeah,
2: uh, just like I said, with my favourite player, I think Lingard finally getting a run and having an instant impact. He put two goals in his first game uh, and ended up with five 10 plus scores um, and bit of a bit of a stick it up man united in the first first game back to go 4 2 so that was quite good
0: yeah, it was definitely really nice to see him happy playing the football that he loves to loves to do. It's his cooling. so uh, it was very nice to see that this season with Jesse Lingard. So the second last of of the uh, of the awards we'll call them is uh, how well we did this season in terms of points. So we're gonna we're gonna sort of rank it. So for me, my highest points was 118, which you know Matt said before I was quite consistent with my points, so I didn't have too many outrageous scores. But in terms of you, Jack, what was your highest points total for the season?
4: Yeah, it's back in game week thirty two, um, one hundred twenty seven. I think finished on there. Um, so yeah,
0: that wasn't too bad. Not bad at all, mate. One hundred twenty seven. You take that every day of the week. And Matt, you were sort of around that similar ballpark, weren't you? It was one of those double, triple game weeks where you got your triple figure score as well, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, game week nineteen um, was when I used the wild card. Um, one hundred thirty nine points it was, and you know that that turned my season on its head because I think I went from you know, near bottom, sort of the 60-70th in the league and went straight back into the top twenty and you know turned my season around. So yeah, 139 points.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Statman, in your in your debut season, what was your your highest points total for this season?
2: So probably this a similar week to most people's highest score was game week 35, where we had some triple game weeps happening. So I had 125 points that week. Um, with yeah Greenwood and Fernandez went a bit nuts that day and uh uh, and I did that without chips, so that, that wasn't too bad. But probably my best performance was actually one of the single game weeks where I get, actually cracked 100. Um, so with with Gunduan getting uh, 38 points as a captain, so that was probably my best performance as opposed to high score though.
0: Yeah, definitely. I would ask Ollie what his was, but I'm pretty sure it was similar to Matt. It was that uh, that wild card week where you know he persuaded you to play it. So I'm surprised that wasn't Ollie's uh, moment of the season. To be honest, that wild card because he was. Proper happy with that one, but um he got a, a triple digit score there as well. I think it was around the 120 mark. If he pops on just quickly now, Ollie. We were just asking what your highest points total of the season was. I was saying I'm pretty sure that it was the uh the wild card week where you played your wild card and you got a triple digit score, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, sorry, I just cut out there, apologies. Um I don't think it was that high. I don't think it was one, I think one nine might have been the one. I think it was the same week where I think Matt played his wild card at a similar time. I sort of convinced him to play it. And he ended up trumping me, but um, I think 109, I think was the number, 108 well, or 109. But I remember that was really good week. And then I think as as everyone on as everyone in the pod got over 100 this season,
0: all made triple digits, mate. We can uh yeah, we can take nice. that trophy home, and yeah, that was really good from all of us. Even Statman Davey was just telling us before i broke broke 100 twice, so uh, Davey's three season times. that was three times. Never mind, three three times. That's, that's insane for your first season, mate, so uh, hats off to you. And the final award, we'll go through it quickly. We'll just reel one player off each, our surprise player of the season, and we'll try and pick different ones. Jack, you get the first pick out of a surprise player for the season.
4: Oh, it's got to be the man, Suchek.
0: Yeah, definitely, mate. You you loved him 100%. towards oh, listen, the middle, middle it, yeah, part of the it, season.
4: Middle part of the season, obviously I'll I'll give this one to the guru. He was egging me on to get him in um, and brought him in and he absolutely carried the team, to be fair. Um, So, yeah, Suchek was the one for me. He was absolutely fantastic with his goal-scoring format, he did.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Oli, a different player from Thomas Suchek, but who was your your surprise player of the season?
1: I'm going to go with uh, what on FIFA would be considered a perfect link. So, same nation, same club. I'm going to have Vladimir Sofal uh from right back for Southampton. He was unbelievable. I'm not obviously he's probably not the one that would spring to mind immediately, but the amount of points he was scoring for West Ham was unreal at some points. Like he was just consistently getting assists, getting clean sheet points. Obviously West Ham were pretty decent at the back. So having him in for a large part of the season, he's another one of my favourites that I've owned Vladimir so far. So he'd probably be up there for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. He was in a lot of players' uh, fancy managers' teams for the season. He definitely delivered for them. So, Statman Dave, in your in your first season, who was your your surprise player? You've talked about Lingard a lot. Is he is he one of them for you?
2: Uh, probably the one that came to mind. And I might be stealing this from the guru, uh, but Gundogan, I think, uh, <laughs> was the big surprise for me.
0: Yeah, definitely shocked a lot of managers, myself included, every Man City fan out there, every fan of football, you know, he sort of was just sort of tapering out in his career at Man City and he just sort of started plucking goals from nowhere like there was no tomorrow. So, uh, Matt, if that has been stolen from you, do you have another one in mind?
3: Yeah, it's going to be Martinez from Villa. I don't think anyone would have expected him to, you know, be the highest scoring keeper, get save points and bonus points every single week. It was, you know, it was like Superman in goal. so... Yeah, it's definitely Martinez.
0: Definitely, and we spoke about him a lot on the podcast. And he's, you know, going to be in a lot of people's team of the seasons. But Patrick Bamford, for me, I didn't expect for him to pick up any points this season, let alone you know one of the highest scoring attackers in the game. One of the, I think he was fourth top goal scorer in the Premier League. So, a uh, complete hats off to him. What a season he's had with Leeds, and uh, he definitely shut me and Ollie up. So, uh, hopefully, he can continue it next season, and he'll definitely be one in my team depending on his price point. So, uh, thank you very much for this season, Patrick. And on the topic of Patrick Bamford, if we just bring up the little visual that we've got now for our, our team of the seasons. I'm not sure whose one it is, if this is just a collective one that we've got, but, um, you know, the the FPL team of the season, there's not really much that you can argue with with this one here. We've got Martinez in goal, as the gurus just said, he was sort of the biggest, one of the biggest surprises for this season. Top scoring uh, goalkeeper in FPL this season, Matt. Just how massive was it to have him in between your sticks, getting
3: your points every week? Ah, oh, phenomenal. Phenomenal, I think just the amount of saves and bonus he was getting. And, you know, if you owned him, especially in that first part of the season where he was a big differential, you know, you were just getting green arrows every week. So, yeah, he was crucial in the end.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Ollie, you know, you spoke about it before with with your Man City defenders, John Stones and Ruben Diaz. What a partnership they've formed this season in the Man City defence. Was it, it, you know, getting you double clean sheets most points when you had them in at the right time, wasn't it? So it sort of felt like a little bit of a cheat code, didn't it?
1: It did. I've not. I've not really seen much like it to be honest. In my few years of playing FPL, especially over New Year, probably from that period between you know December, January time, they were just keeping clean sheets every single week. It was unbelievable. So having Edison as well behind them as well, uh, with even the triple up at times, was, was brilliant. And you know, it's one of those a defend, a defensive double up if it pays off. It can mean, really help your week. So that's something that's worked for me throughout the season definitely.
0: Yeah, and Cresswell on the on the left hand side there, as we can see. He was uh, you know, because he got injured in the late half of the season, he sort of went under the radar a little bit, but he was one that was in my team a lot and he did absolute wonders for me. And then, you know, partner him was probably one of my players of the season, Stuart Dallas on the right hand side there. He definitely did a lot for FPR managers. But will uh, you know, the midfield there, Jack, you've got to be very happy with there the two Two midfielders that you've got there, Bruno Fernandes and Thomas Suchek, they were two of your highlights of the season for sure, weren't they?
4: Yeah, they were definitely two that carried me through the season. You know, um, Bruno was absolutely outstanding. Suchek we spoke about. You know, and then obviously the boys mentioned about Gundogan, who his form was exceptional. I probably didn't get him in until quite late on in my team either, the same as you, Elliot. But it was absolutely unbelievable, wasn't he? And of course, Mo Salah had to make it as well, didn't he?
0: Yeah, definitely. Just sort of manages to score goals no matter what the situation is most, Salah. And, um, you know, finishing off the team with Matt's man, Harry Kane and Patrick Bamford up top. I think, you know, if, if this team was fielded in real life, they'd definitely, you know, have a proper shout for a, a Premier League trophy because that's the uh, the team of the season for Fantasy Premier League. And, you um, you know, we'll look back at this in years to come when uh, Thomas Suchek sort of winning the Ballon d'Or, and we'll say, remember when he was cheap in FPL mid <laughs> halfway through the season, scoring goals for fun for West Ham. So uh, it'll be very interesting. But um, yeah, Matt, in terms of as a team as a whole, there, you know, just looking at some of the players there, you wouldn't have expected it at the start of the season for some of them to be in your uh, your team of the season, would you?
3: No, especially Bamford. You know, phenomenal. Um, you know, Stuart Dallas had heard things about him in the Championship, and. You know, being able to get forward and stuff, but again, you wouldn't have expected him to do as well. Martinez, Cresswell, um, you know, phenomenal stuff. And even John Stones recovered this season to you know, just phenomenal goal scoring, defender, clean sheets, everything. So, um, yeah, some some surprises in there.
0: Yeah, definitely. But in terms of anyone that you think should be there that isn't Ollie, are you gonna you're gonna make a strong argument for your man so far?
1: Um it's hard to make a strong one for him because the back four on there, it all deserves to be there, but I had him in mind. Um, I just think he was a very unknown quantity, wasn't he, uh, coming in from, uh, from Slavia Prague. So I just think the fact that he was so surprising put him in my team, but you know, I would have him in there. I think he was class from full back West Ham and if he was in that team would have deserved his spot there, but you can't argue with that back four anyway.
0: No, definitely not. And um, you know that's that's the team of the season for us. Uh, let us know what what sort of changes anyone that you think you'd be making. But um, that wraps up the uh, the awards sort of section for the uh, the podcast. So we will move on now to the the review of the Draft League. And uh, I was going to let Jack do this because I know how much he was uh, <laughs> thrilled with the way that he finished this season. But um, the winner of, of the Draft League, the Papadrons trophy, goes to Matt Day, the guru, who managed to get 22 wins, one draw and 13 losses, giving him 67 points in this league. Finishing first, you know, it was something that we spoke about a lot in the season, Matt. But how good does it feel to uh, be crowned the, the winner of the Draft League?
3: Yeah, absolutely, buzzing off it. It's good to uh, you know to beat the draft guru Jack, who was you know up there most of the season. So now I'm gonna have a nice glass of gin now on uh, (laughs) Jack Gillibrand. So thank you very much, mate. No worries, mate. Enjoy the bottle that I sent over to you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) He tried to sabotage me at
3: the end. He tried to (laughs) sabotage me. um, You know, lucky, lucky James to beat him at the end, and um, yeah, happy to take the win. And uh, you know, tough season, tough season. um, but yeah, happy beating the Draft Guru. So.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it was uh, Jack who managed to finish in second, Ollie in third, Dave in fourth, James in fifth, myself in sixth, And then uh, I think we've always decided that the, the two relegated this season were, were Papa Peely and Rolando. So uh, that's how the Draft League shaped up for this season. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to getting a few new faces on next season to join in the league and uh, make it a little bit more competitive, give a, uh, you know, the relegation spot's a little bit more of a challenge, but that wraps up the, uh, the draft uh, league for the season. And unfortunately, that does bring us to the end of the very final podcast of the season. It's been a very, very, you know, packed packed with everything that you'd want this season. But, um, you know, it's been a crazy season and uh, we thank you all for being a part of it. Thank you all for getting involved and, you know, joining the mini leagues and everything like that. Ollie, how good has it been to see, the you know, the community come together and create something quite special?
1: Yeah, look, I don't have to get emotional, but this is one of those where it's just... You just you're you're almost on the verge of tears. Honestly, it's been amazing, obviously to meet to meet would well, like that man and to meet the guru. Like I would never have thought that at the start of this season, I'd have such strong relationships with with the pair of you and the fact that we've built such a brilliant FPL community has been unreal. So, it's been a pleasure to be a part of, and we'll be back next season for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. And just before we do head off and sign off for the very final time this season, just a reminder, we do have our fantasy Euro League, So you've got to get in them. The code is on screen now. If you can't see it for the free mini league, it is 45 KZE 7YN07. So get involved in there and in the paid mini league as well. And uh, show us what you're made of and you know, sort of fill the void of you no know, domestic football with uh European football for the uh for the summer. So uh that, unfortunately, boys, brings us to the end. Jack, Ollie, Dave, Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure this season to be a part of this. And uh, as we said, we're not going anywhere. We'll be back next season. We're here for the Euros. So uh, stay involved and everything like that. And, um, yeah, for the very last time this season, take care, stay safe and goodbye for now.